confident that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Let's join together in the prayer of confession and then take a moment to silently confess our personal sins. Please join me. Merciful God, you teach us compassion and we practice bigotry. You implore us to trust you while we create idols. You send Christ as a witness that you will not forsake us, yet we fret over matters as though you cared not at all. Forgive our compulsion to control our own destiny. Look kindly upon us when we fear for our future. Have mercy upon us when we mismanage your grace. We are your people. Help us to dwell in your promise. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word and open our hearts so that we may truly understand, and understanding that we may believe and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come by wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. May God bless to our understanding this reading from God's word. Our second reading comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 21. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard that, he followed them on foot from all the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They not need go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples and said, Gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left, all the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, 
besides women and children. This is the word of the Lord. You know, every Sunday morning, I come in early to print out my scriptures. So I have them for what I'm going to read. And if Jody's doing something, what she's going to do, what Donna's going to do. So it's a very well-oiled machine. So when we get up here, we know what we're kind of doing. At least we want to give that perception that we know what we're doing. So I came in this morning to print out my scriptures. And the first scripture is Isaiah. So I take my Bible works, which is a program that I have, and I highlight, and I cut and paste it in, into my Word document. And then I do the next one. I look in here, and it's like, OK, it's Matthew, Matt. And I'm starting to read. It's like, that's not my scripture. That's not what I'm preaching on. And I look back. I went back to my bulletin insert, my bulletin email that I give to Jody every week. And behold, it's that same scripture. It's like, that's not the scripture that I wanted. But when I read you the scripture that I wanted, you'll see how they all go together. So it's divine intervention. The scripture that I wanted was Luke 14, 13 to 22. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, come, for everything is ready now. But they all, like, began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, go out at once into the streets and the lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, sir, what you ordered has been done, and there is still room. This is the word of the Lord that I wanted to hear this morning. But if you notice, they all kind of go together. They really do. I mean, today we're going to be inviting everyone up for this, for the Lord's table. And if you think about the feeding of the 5,000, he didn't care who was there. It was anybody that was on that shoreline. And he made sure that they were fed and that they had plenty to drink, and that they were satisfied. Now, the person that did this dinner, this great banquet, this great dinner, invited some of the most prominent people in the town. And as soon as they heard that the blind, the lame, and the crippled, the poor, the lesser of these were going to be included in this banquet, in this great dinner, they all declined. They went, yeah. No, because, you know, as soon as you start inviting all these people, I can't get anything in return, which is exactly what the Isaiah passage says. Buy whatever you can. It's not going to cost you any money. Why do you spend your money on things that will not give you the kingdom? So all three passages really go together, even though I had no idea that all three 
we're going to go together. You know, one of the things I've always was taught by my mom is if I ever had a friend at Thanksgiving or Easter or Christmas dinner or whatever, and I had a friend that wasn't doing anything, my mom would always say, there's always room for one more. My mom may not have known who that person is, but there was always room for one more. At the feeding of the 5,000, there was room for those 5,000 plus the women and the children because they were all invited to have something to eat and something to drink. At the banquet table, at that great dinner, everyone from the streets were invited. All those who knew they could never give back other than pure thankfulness back to the one that was preparing that meal. They had nothing. They had no money. They had nothing to give other than themselves, and yet they were the greatest guests of all. That person that was preparing that meal, the Lord's table, that person that was preparing that, that meal on the shoreline, that person that was preparing that great dinner didn't want anything in return. There were no strings attached. There were no strings saying, well, you know, if you eat of this food, you must now go clean the study. Or you must collect 15 shells or go, go fishing and get 15 fish for every piece of fish that you had on that shoreline. There were no strings. They just wanted them to be fed and be satisfied. When they were thirsty, they had something to drink. How many times do we actually say that? Now, here as a church, we have our last Sunday of every month, except during the summer months, we do a community potluck. And we open up the doors for anyone who wants to come in after the service. We have all kinds of great food downstairs on the last Sunday of every month. And sometimes we get people that come in too often, but sometimes we do. And there's never a question. There's never, hey, are you going to join? There's no poking them, forcing them to do something they don't want to do. But they get to sit around the table and have conversations with other people, with new strangers, maybe with new friends, maybe with old friends. But the tables are always open. Just like the Lord's table is always open for all those who believe in Christ. We don't put any other real rule on it other than, you know, you just, you just have to have a little bit of faith. You have to have a little bit of love in your heart for the one that prepared this table for us. Have a little bit of faith that the stories that we hear week after week have a little bit of truth in our daily lives. We may not be what, we may not be going through what a psalmist may have gone through when they're reading Psalm 88, which is one of the darkest psalms in the whole Bible. But that psalmist in Psalm 88 knew that he had that relationship with God, and that's the only requirement, the only requirement to come to this table so that you are fed and that you are sustained. How many times do we in our own houses 
Invite those that we may not know. Invite that stranger. I venture to say, we don't do that very often. We teach our children today, don't talk to strangers. Yet, who's to say that that stranger may not be the second coming? Now, you need a lot of faith for that. There's a lot of craziness going in, out in this world. So I'm not saying don't teach your children, don't talk to strangers. I'm not trying to say that at all. But what I am saying is maybe you have your child and maybe you talk to the stranger. As long as you're in a safe place and there's other people around and it's, you're being smart about it. I can't tell you how many times when I first came here, I used to go to Mahdi's a lot. And I used to just go down there and we used to just talk. People who didn't know who I am, Jody and I would go down there for coffee or for breakfast or whatever, and they would just come by, hey, you want some coffee? And just pour coffee in. Now, these weren't workers. My first couple months there, I didn't know who worked there and who didn't because everybody was pouring everybody else coffee. And then I realized, oh, the one that's actually bringing me the bill, I guess maybe they worked there, but yeah, you never knew because everybody was so friendly. They didn't know who I was, and I didn't know who they were. But I also knew that I was in a safe place. And I knew that drinking that coffee was okay, one, because I watched them make it. But I knew that it was safe. So when I say don't talk to strangers, don't talk to strangers if you're not in a safe place. Don't do that. Anyway, going back to the story. So again, so I walk in my office this morning, and I get crazy. Because then I have to find the scripture that I want again. Because, you know, when I looked at the scripture for this week, I literally just poof, opened up the Bible. And whatever it fell on is what I preached on. Now, sometimes you do that. And sometimes that's really not a good thing to do because you get some really crazy scriptures. But this was a good one. I was like, oh, the banquet. Oh, that's a good one. So I had to go find that again. And I panicked. Eight o'clock this morning. You had a panicked pastor downstairs saying, oh my gosh, I thought about this all week. This is what I'm going to talk about. And then I sat there and I read the scriptures that were in the bulletin. And then I looked at the sermon title. It's like, well, who's at your table? Well, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, there's no tables. Everybody's sitting down on the ground. They're sitting on the beach. To where there's no tables there. It's like, well, that's a really stupid title if I don't go and find the one that I want to find. So I go search. And it had to be something close. It had to be a different gospel. And it was. But I loved that little bit of panic this morning because it then gave me that much more oomph to say, this is what's important. What's important is it doesn't matter who is at that table because all are welcomed. It doesn't matter who comes to our community breakfasts or dinners or whatever, because they're always welcomed. It doesn't matter who walks through this door, whether they have a million dollars sitting in an IRA or zero, and they may be in default of all their loans. It doesn't matter because everyone who walks through those doors is welcomed in this place. We take you where you're at. We take you where you are on your faith journey. 
You can't tell what somebody earns by the way they dress necessarily or what they drive. Everyone is welcomed in this place. Everyone is welcomed at that banquet table. Everyone is welcomed at the Lord's table. Everyone. Jesus did not discriminate. He did not say that if you were under five foot zero, you could not eat of the fish and of the, the wine. He didn't say that. Or the loaves. He didn't say that. He fed the 5,000 plus the women and the children. He made sure everyone was taken care of. And Jesus makes sure that everyone takes care of us. That Jesus, that God, takes care of us. That we are sustained. The great dinner had the crippled, the lame, the poor. And maybe just for that one meal, they went away with a full stomach knowing that they could not do anything to repay the person that prepared that meal. But I also venture to say that they went out of that room, out of that house, and shared that with everybody around them. And they talked among themselves saying, what a wonderful meal that was. What a wonderful thing that this person did for us, and he didn't even know who we were. He didn't even... He, he didn't expect anything from us like everybody else expects. We were able to sit there, have conversation, and be fed. That is what the Lord prepares for us when he prepares the Lord's table. All those that are weary and heavy burdened are welcomed to the table. Doesn't matter where you're from, where you are on your faith journey, where you're going. In this moment, on this day, you are all invited. Amen and amen.
believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence there shall be judged quick in the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. been fed at the table of the Lord, we have been united with Christ and with one another. This gives us strength, this gives us courage to go out into the world to proclaim the everlasting and faithful love of God. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen.